Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. On Metro News, the voice of West Virginia, this is West Virginia Outdoors with Chris Lawrence. And then it was just like somebody opened the curtain. <laughs> he turned his head, and the sun hit that big split G2. Oh, man, it was it was like seeing a unicorn. You know, you just this deer that you've hunted so many years. Just as luck would have it, when I came up, the two regular colored gobblers, they had some brush in front of them, and that white gobbler, he was in the wide open, man. And I said, you got to be kidding me. Get ready, get ready. There you go. Nice shot. Nice shot. West Virginia Outdoors is proudly presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails with over 600 miles of ATV trails located in the rich mountains of southern West Virginia. Today's broadcast originates from the Greer Lime Company Studios, West Virginia's source for high-quality quick lime, hydrated lime, and chemical-grade limestone. And now, here's West Virginia's voice of the outdoors. Chris Lawrence. Hey, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of Hunting and Fishing Talk on the radio. Over the course of the next hour, we will be having that conversation, and I'm glad that you're along with us wherever you might be. This morning, we're we're talking this morning. I've got, I got a pretty good show lined up for you, I think, if I can get it all together. So we'll... <laughs> I'm running a little bit behind this morning. You know what I did last night? I went to a concert. First time that I've done that in over a year. That's right. Went to Huntington, saw Travis Tripp last night. The wife, a big Travis Tripp fan. So I thought, what the heck? Let's give it a shot. And uh, it was great, but it went late <laughs> and I had to get up early. So that, I, what my wife and I always say is uh, when you work the shift I do, nothing good ever happens after eight o'clock. <laughs> so if I'm, if I'm anywhere other than in bed or walking down the hall to bed at eight o'clock, there are going to be problems. There just are. So as a result, hopefully today's show won't suffer. But I did enjoy myself on Friday night. So let's find out if we can put together a good show for you today. Coming up, I told you about this a couple of weeks ago and promised that I would have more about it. Doodle Atkins, who is a member of the Bass Nation West Virginia, won the regional championship on Lake Hartwell in Georgia a couple of weeks back. And that qualifies him to move on to the national championship. But it's the backstory that is so amazing about uh, about this guy and that win that he uh, that he had. Because frankly, uh, it's really unlikely he would have been here to enjoy this had it not been for a car wreck he had a year ago. Now you think that's weird? Just wait till you hear the story. I've got that coming up, uh, the uh, the interview I did with him, so stay tuned for that. Then a little bit later on, 
Uh, we're going to be joined by uh, Kristen Wicker, who is with the uh, State Department of Agriculture. They want to. Uh, we want to do a segment on the spotted lanternfly because uh, apparently it's the uh, pest du jour of the day in West Virginia that is threatening a lot of our trees in West Virginia forest lands, and they're trying to put out some information about it. So I said, heck yeah, come on, we'll talk about that because nobody likes a threat to the forest. So we'll uh, we'll talk to her and we'll find out what the spotted lanternfly is all about and what we can do to keep it from becoming a bigger problem than apparently it already is. And then finally, we're going to be joined later in the show by the CEO of Northeast Natural Energy, Mike John. Northeast Natural Energy, a West Virginia company, they're headquartered in Charleston, uh, rooted right here in the Mountain State, but they have taken on a project that has long been an issue that I don't know why nobody's ever been able to do anything about this, but if the, I remember when I moved to West Virginia in 1990, I got a job in Morgantown, and that well it started in the fall but that spring i decided to go out and start looking for places to fish and the first water i came to was decker's creek but it was orange all the rocks were orange and i thought what is the deal with this and then over time of course as i followed news and and i did this show i realized what acid mine drainage was and what it created these situations and for the past 31 years in west virginia i've been covering stories of a lot of people doing a lot of things to try and clean up this this these messes and and fix the mistakes of the past. Well, Northeast Natural Energy has jumped into this as well, and they are making a major effort to do that on Decker's Creek. The lower five miles of Decker's Creek, from where it dumps into the Monongahela River upstream to the Richard Mine, which is a community right outside of Morgantown there, that Richard Mine is apparently the source of a lot of the acid mine drainage that has really killed the lower five five miles of that stream before it dumps into the uh, into the river. Northeast Natural Energy is going to partner up with uh, some folks and take care of that. So I thought I'd have uh, Mike John on, CEO of Northeast Natural Energy, to talk a little bit about what they're going to be doing there, and we'll find out what that's all about. So that's today's lined-up show Hopefully I can pull it all together. Ryan is on the other side of the glass producing this morning, so I know he's ready to go. He always does a good job. Let's just hope he can keep me in line. We'll be back in a moment and get it all started right after this. West Virginia's all-terrain amusement park is now bigger and better with two new ATV trails. The Hatfield-McCoy Cabway Lingo Trail, yes, you heard me right, located within the Cabway Lingo State Forest, and the renewed and improved Ivy Branch Trail, located just 20 minutes from Charleston, are now open to ATV, UTV, 4x4, and dirt bike riders. So don't wait. Get your permit today and explore the newest additions to the Hatfield-McCoy Trails, the best trails in the USA. Jim Christie, Senior Project Manager with Civil and Environmental Consultants, talks about working for CEC. Each and every employee is employee owner. We all work together every day. We all watch each other, help each other, and make sure that we're all successful on each and every project. It's a lot to do with the culture that we have, bringing a lot of local people together to work in West Virginia and create projects that we're all proud of. Find out what CEC can do for you. Visit them online at wearecec.com. You're listening to West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. 
People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college, learn new instruments, start skateboarding. Whoa! Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much from the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special and boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome you back to West Virginia Outdoors. Chris Lawrence with you from the Greer Lime Company Studios. Thank you for listening in this morning. A few weeks back, the West Virginia Bass Nation uh, sent their team to the uh, regional championship, the southeast region at Lake Hartwell down in Georgia. And a fellow by the name of Willie Atkins Jr. from here in West Virginia was the winner of the whole thing. Uh, the way that works is I think there's 13 states in that region. The top uh, the top person from each state qualifies to go on to the national championship. But uh, Willie won the whole darn thing. Now, he's known to all of his friends as Doodle. So Doodle Atkins is his name. And he uh, it, it, it was a big story, I thought, that he won the thing. But at the same time, when I heard what had happened last year on his way to another fishing tournament out of state, he had a car wreck. And it's amazing what that car wreck revealed. Let's just hear my story. Hear my interview with him. We'll talk a little bit in, in a moment, Willie, about uh, about the victory itself. But the very fact that you were there to fish this thing this year is is as big a story as winning the thing. Tell me a little bit about the last time that you traveled to this tournament. Uh, things did not go the way you expected. Well, uh, 
post, uh, I was going to fish BFLM Del Holler two years ago in March. And actually, it was just luck that it happened because I post the left with the boys at nighttime. And I said, well, no, go ahead. And I'll drive down about 5 o'clock in the morning, drive down. And I was driving down 64. And I got off the Winchester exit as I started through the red light. A 19-year-old boy run a red light and broadsided me. And it broke my left arm. Well, they took me to the hospital there. To, what is the name of that hospital? UK. UK. Took me to UK and uh, done some tests there. And I noticed they was messing around there. And they said, uh, we need to tell you that you've got stage four kidney cancer. Good it heavens. Was, what happened when it broke my arm, it, uh, it eat the bone out of my arm. That's why it broke. And... Uh, they, I went back up to Cabell Huntington Hospital, and they sent me up there, and they removed my left kidney, and they repaired my arm, you know, just where I could, you know, hold it in like in a cast. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went went for two years, and I used a little spinning outfit. I tried to throw right-handed. I've been left-handed all my life, uh, a throwing, and they got word, got infected, and they thought they was going to have to remove it, and I said, they said it wasn't much they could do about it, you know. And uh, I said, well, I'm going to get a second opinion, which I went to WVU and got a second opinion. And the doctor up there, he told me that he, he thinks he could uh, fix it for me. But all new bone, I mean, well, replaced the whole bone in my arm, my left arm. And uh, he he replaced the whole bone in my arm and shooting. That was last, uh, last March. It's a year ago, about a year ago from now. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and... Uh, I started fishing again, and my arms kept getting stronger and stronger. And now I'm back throwing left-handed and back fishing again. So, so you go down to Lake Hartwell now that you're back in the swing of things. Clearly, you were back in the swing of things when you got down there for the uh, for the regional championship. Absolutely. <laughs> I went down and had three days of practice, and it was really good practice. And I found a lot of fish. And uh, they were spawning, which when I was down there, they said it dark, you know, it was late. And usually they spawned out. And uh, I found a little place off next to the dam down on the other end that was loaded with uh, massive spawning. I had 57 waypoints on my GPS. And I went back there for three days and seen one boat in three days. Wow. So you'd found this whole place to yourself then? I had it for myself, and the only boat I seen, and he was he was just uh, fishing out in the middle for some fish that was coming up, and I was fishing docks in the back of docks, and I was catching a lot of spawning fish. Golly! And uh, how much did you wind up with uh, over the course of those three days? Almost thirty-five pounds. Have you ever had a day like that? No, not three days in a row. Because <laughs> I was consistent. The first, the very first fish I caught was a six-pounder. And, I mean, it started off good, and the the whole tournament, it just played out. Even the last day, I, I had five fish, had two little fish to get rid of, and I started down the island down the lake, and all of a sudden these fish started blowing up. And I caught two big old spots. I called them two little ones out. They were about two and a half pound apiece. And it just, just the end of the day, it started good, and it really ended up good. You, you When you're going to win it, it's meant to be. That's all it is to it. Yeah, it's pretty clear. I mean, if you caught a six-pounder out of the gate, you d- you had everybody else uh, fighting to catch up after that. Oh, yeah, without <laughs> a doubt. 
Well, yep. what and and like you said, typically over the course of three days, conditions will change. But apparently, the the weather was consistent. No frontal changes. I mean, everything just it just locked in for three days for you there. It was it was not it got it actually a little cool when I went down and it just started getting warmer and the fish started getting more active. It was just no bad weather in the in the lower eighties. You couldn't ask for better six days to be at a lake. It's no way. You had to tell you had to be telling yourself this can't last. Did you have a backup plan? Yeah, well, actually, I did. I, I went up to Tugaloo River the first day of practice, and I found a good, good, good bunch of fishing. But it was going to be a really long run. But since there was no prep, no nobody pressured me. Especially the second day, I had five fish at nine o'clock at limit. And then by 11 o'clock, I'd already caught 15 keepers. And I said, I've got to get out of here. I'm going to burn my fish up. Yeah. And uh, I left at 11 o'clock and went right back down there the next next day. And it was there it was right back the same way again. It's kind of surprising, too, that somebody didn't notice you down there and see after two days what you'd done and go down there and start crowding you. Well, that's like the news reporter asked me down there the last day. They was wanting to go watch it, you know, filming out on the water, asked me where I was going. Well, it was a bunch of people standing around. When I told him, I said, well, I'm just going down the lake. Now, I told him later what holler I was going to be in, but I didn't want to tell him in front of all <laughs> You know, uh, ounces mean difference at that lake. It's really it's, it's a best, one of the best fishing lakes I've ever been on. Yeah. Well, and you caught it at the right time, too. At my time, when I catch the fish my way, that is it. Tell me about how, yeah. you, how were you fishing? What were you catching them on? And were you sight fishing, or were you just... Uh, were you spotting beds? How were you catching them? I was. I, I found the fish on the bed, and I was catching them on a lizard and a little crawl, and I was throwing a little centipede on them. And I and I and then when the wind picked up, where I couldn't see them, I was taking a spinnerbait around the docks, and I was throwing a big uh, gold spinnerbait. Water water pretty clear. Oh, it's beautiful. You couldn't have it. It was absolutely beautiful. Now, the non-boaters you drew with you, what were they saying? They had to be pretty excited. Well, the first day, the first fish I caught, the boys, I mean, they are, you couldn't, I couldn't have picked no better partners. I mean, they were really, really good about helping me out. The first fish, that big six-pounder, a big old boy, he played from Alabama. He reached down and had the arms, I think, six foot long, and he he lift the fish, and, man, you ain't ever seen a, a happier guy when he lift that big six-pounder in the boat. <laughs> That's awesome. Did uh, back, back to your accident again, and, and, and I think that is that is so compelling about this story is the fact that if you hadn't had that wreck, man, chances are pretty good that you would have died before this tournament ever rolled around, isn't it? I mean, that's that's not exaggerating. No, they said within six months. I had a real aggressive cancer, which I still got it, but I'm fighting it right now. I'm done good with it. I mean, I'm still go out and work every day, and I, I fish out on the weekends. Yeah. So, so they've been able to. Uh, you've been able to fight against the cancer, even though it's stage four. Then. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm still. They put me. They put me through something that wasn't. I mean, um, immune system, and it wasn't doing real good. They put me on this pill, new pill they come out with. And it's it's held a sturdy right now for the last year 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 and a half. It's they've got it got it pretty sturdy right now. Well, that's good. Are, are you in remission? Is that what you're saying, or is it just uh, yeah? You know, that's great, great. Well, yeah. I'm glad you got that second opinion. Nobody nobody would ever consider getting broadsided by a 19 year old a stroke of luck, but I guess in your case it certainly was. 
he saved my life, sort of did. I mean, I've never got to talk to the boy, but, you know, at the time, you know, I was, I, I was aggravated. You know, I was wanting to go down there, but if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here today. Everything happens for a reason, I guess. Exactly right. Now, you go on, because you won this tournament, you go on to the uh, national championship, right? Absolutely. Where is that going yep. to be, and when is it? It's down in Louisiana. And when, when's that? And, uh, when I is think it? it's around the third of November. I got you. Are you? I'm sure you're looking forward to that. Do you know anything about that water down there? No, I have no idea. But they say it's on a river, and if it's if it's if it's anything like what they say, it probably ain't. But anything like the High River, I fish it a lot, so that will give me. You know, I I can go off on that. Yeah, <laughs> I've been down there. It's nothing like the Ohio River. I can promise you that. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they say it ain't. Yeah, yeah, and, and I can also promise you that you're not going to catch them on the beds down there in the first week of November. No, 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 I know that. Oh, yeah. Going to have to adjust your tactics a little bit. Well, uh, Willie, yeah. it, it is great to talk to you, and and it's and your story is wonderful, and I'm so happy not only that you won, but that you're beating cancer. That's the bigger victory. And you hang in there, man, yeah. and we'll continue to follow your progress. It's good talking to you. All right, I sure appreciate it. There he is, Willie Doodle Adkins. Told you it was a cool story, didn't I? All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll learn everything there is to know at this point about the lantern moth. That story is next. Stay with us. Hurry in and find out exactly what it means to be a Ram with our award-winning lineup built for those who serve. Ram 1500, the only pickup to claim a spot on the car and driver 10 best list. Ram 3500, with available best-in-class diesel torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. And Ram TRX, Motor Trend's 2021 Truck of the Year. Hurry in and experience the only brand to ever win Motor Trend's Truck of the Year three years in a row. In West Virginia, wildlife is for everyone, and the West Virginia DNR works to keep it that way. Every year, West Virginia's Division of Natural Resources manages thousands of acres of public land and water, ensuring the future of our great natural resources in the Mountain State. Our state is a haven for all species of wildlife, game and non-game, and draws thousands each year to enjoy our rich outdoor heritage. When you buy a hunting or fishing license or take a stroll in our forest to view wildlife, you're enjoying what the DNR has made possible. The West Virginia DNR, working to ensure wildlife is for everyone. You're listening to West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. Hey, sis, missed you this morning. Kim told me you weren't feeling well, so I'm just doing a self-care check. 
Oh, thank you, friend. How you doing? Girl, listen, my energy was so low because I didn't eat breakfast when I got up, so I had to miss virtual yoga with y'all. Mm, trust me, I understand. But I'm doing much better now that I've eaten, so I'm back on track. Great. In that case, let's get some steps in tonight. I'll come over and we can walk around the lake. Sounds good. Appreciate you being in my business, too. Now, let me get in yours. Did you check your blood pressure today? I did that and my squats, okay? Okay. High blood pressure is not going to be my friend if I can help it. See you at six? Let's get it. See you then. Now more than ever, it's important that we protect our hearts and the hearts of those we love. Check in on one another and be a part of a healthy blood pressure movement. Rally your squad to take the online pledge at releasethepressure.org. Brought to you by the Release the Pressure Coalition and the Ad Council. And we welcome you back to West Virginia Outdoors, live from the Greer Lime Company studio, West Virginia's source for high-quality quick lime, hydrated lime, and chemical-grade limestone. I, sp- I misspoke a moment ago. It's called the spotted lanternfly. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. And here to teach us more about it from the West Virginia Department of Agriculture is Kristen Wicker. Kristen, good morning. How are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for taking a little time out of your Saturday morning to share with us because I was uh, I got a call this week that said this was something you guys uh, have on the radar and you're concerned about it and the threat that it might pose to our forests in West Virginia. Kind of introduce us to the spotted lanternfly and why we should be worried about it. Of course. This is the perfect timing to learn about the spotted lanternfly because it is an invasive insect that is hatching from its egg masses, this week. So my field team and I have been going out and working with the USDA in order to control this insect, and it is starting to appear in Berkeley and Mineral County. Okay, so you've got it isolated, I guess, at this point to the eastern panhandle counties. Yes. So this invasive insect originally appeared in Pennsylvania in 2014, and since then has been spreading rather rapidly through transportation methods. It likes to jump onto vehicles and, like, cling on and travel on uh, trucks and also train routes and go to new places such as the Panhandle, which has I-81, which goes down to Winchester, which also has a population. And then this insect is a lot like an invasive insect we had a while ago, the emerald ash borer. Oh, Lord. Where, mm-hmm. Yes. So do you remember the campaign of Don't Move Firewood? Oh, I do. I do indeed. Yes. So that still applies for this insect as well because the insect lays these like gray putty-like egg masses on wood. And so if you cut down a tree and move that timber to another place to go camping and burn it, but forget about it, these eggs can still hatch in you know next year in the spring. How is that going to impact people that may be hauling timber to a sawmill or something like that? I mean, is it has it put a moratorium on that kind of thing? Well, we have inspectors with multiple agencies, and also usually the company itself has an inspector that makes sure that they're not transporting invasive insects. You say it's invasive. Do we do we know where it came from originally? Originally, yes. Its home range is in certain parts of Asia, and it snuck into the United States on, as egg masses on landscaping rocks. So it really blends in. It looks almost like, you know, just a piece of, like, putty that's put on smooth surfaces. And it snuck in and emerged in Berks County, Pennsylvania, and then just kind of 
went wildfire for the last couple of years. It's kind of how everything gets in here that, that, that messes things up, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, usually, you know, these things are really small and inconspicuous, and uh, we unfortunately don't, well, we don't know everything, right? So when things come in, we aren't exactly sure what it might be until we get a good eye for it and teach others on what to do. But I do have some hope, um, a lot like the another animal that you might remember, especially if your listeners, if they're outdoorsmen, they the gypsy moth. Remember how that was everywhere? Oh in gosh, eighties and the nineties. But do you see it now? <laughs> well, I don't know. Is it gone? I, I mean, it's well, so it's so ingrained in my brain that I thought just like gypsy moth eradication was one big word. <laughs> I thought yes, that... <laughs> it's a very big active part of many different state agencies management plans. However, it's not like how it was when I was younger. I remember you could hear gypsy moth eating. There were so many. And the trees didn't have any leaves, like, throughout the whole forest. Right. And we don't have that problem anymore because agencies like ours, collaboratively working with other state and federal agencies, done a lot to slow the spread and push back the gypsy moth, where it's not even something we manage for, for in half of the state of West Virginia anymore. What, what Was that a situation where you managed to find a predator for those, or how, how did you find, or, or did you spray and, and sterilize them? How, how did you beat that? There were a lot of different contributing agencies and scientists and people like us who are on the ground, like, learning things. And it's a really good segue to say, talking about spotted lanternfly not giving up hope. Because there is, there's a lot of different stuff they use to control gypsy moth. Like there's a, a fungus that eats it. There's a virus that kills it. There's a bacteria that kills it. There's also a lot of pheromone disrupting that they did in the forest in order to make the males think that females were somewhere else, and then they never mated and didn't have babies. And then also we used classic pesticide methods and uh, even some like management of the forest with mechanical methods. So there's a lot of things that go together where we all learned together in order to control the problem. And because spotted lanternfly showed up in 2014, we're all still learning. So, you know, Penn State, West Virginia University, a lot of different agencies are all working together to kind of figure out those puzzle pieces for this new insect. And uh, we've made some progress. That's fantastic. What is the damage that this thing can do? What is the threat that it poses to our uh, hardwood forests in West Virginia? So this insect can feed on over 70 different species of plants, and it has favorites. So a lot like you might enjoy eating the chocolate cake first before you eat the apple, this insect does that. Uh, it prefers to establish on another invasive species called Tree of Heaven, which is from its native home range. So it's almost like a beacon. So when we go out, we look for it on Tree of Heaven before it can move to another plant that it also likes to eat, like our red maple, our black walnut, and uh, a bunch of other forest trees as well. Also can pose a threat to standard agriculture in that the spotted lanternfly likes to feed on grapevines and even things like cucumber and basil. Really? Yes. So when it's a very young insect, when it doesn't have the wings yet, like right now, it's very small. It's smaller than your pinky nail, and it will feed, like, in mass, which means, like, a bunch of them will aggregate together, and they all suck out the sugars and the water from, like, succulent vines, like cucumbers and basil, and they can make the plant wilt and die. 
So that so so that if if you got a problem with your cucumber patch, the, Look, yeah. the start looking around. It could be something. Yeah. So right now the spotted lanternfly looks like a very small black tick with white spots. It doesn't have wings. It's not like all the pictures you see on the on the internet where it has those beautiful red wings as an adult. These things develop through time, and that for most of the spring they're a very small black insect. And then in about July, they'll turn into an adult with those really pretty wings. Now, most people don't have their garden out to the point that they would have cucumber vines fully developed at this point in the year, at least unless Correct. they're doing it under a hothouse or something. I mean, uh, so so I, I don't figure that they're going to be feeding too much because it's usually about July or before those cucumbers get to where they need to be. Yes, so it, that's a very good point. So agriculturally... That's more of like a setup. It's not just a home gardener thing. It's someone who has like a hot house mm-hmm. or some kind of setup where they have plants a little bit out earlier. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Uh, and you you kind of describe it for us that 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 name, the spotted lanternfly, tells me that there's there's something behind that name. Is that kind of des- descriptive of how it looks? Yeah. So obviously it has spots throughout all of its life stages. So when it's that really small little insect that's smaller than your fingernail, it still has white spots. It'll eventually turn red with white spots, and then it will turn into an adult that has these really pretty tan uh, wings, and then underneath them are red wings, and both they have spots on them as well. And the lanternfly refers to uh, the shape of its head. So they have a very large like bulbous head, which they have something in there that helps them suck out the tree sap because it's, you know, they're kind of like filtering through all the sap that's gushing through a tree and they're this small insect. So they just have a very big head, which is why they're called lantern flies. I gotcha. Oh yeah. I've, I Googled a picture of one. They are beautiful when they get, uh, when they get fully, fully developed. Yeah, a lot of people think, oh, I saw this beautiful red butterfly in my yard. I've never seen it before, and it's actually a spotted lantern fly. <laughs> yeah, and did all your, and then six months later, all your trees are starting to turn brown and die. That might have had something to do with it. So Yeah, it will take a while for the insect to get to populations that could harm your trees, like what the horror pictures are up in Pennsylvania. Mm. So we are working really hard here in West Virginia to stop that before it happens. And we're lucky that we are just getting it now, and we have those, like, previous six or seven years of research going on. And working with the USDA in these two counties, Mineral and Berkeley, we have seen that some of the efforts we've done from last year are reducing the populations before. They're not really spreading too much at this point. Had somebody send me a question on social media. Uh, Are they attracted to light like a moth, or are they they moth-like at all? No, they're not. They So that is also a, a trick of their name, too. They're not moths, and they're not flies. They're actually a plant hopper. So they're not attracted to light. Some scientists are researching if they're attracted to sound and vibrations, but uh, besides that, they're, it seems that they're attracted to plants by how they you know, perceive smell and like the volatiles that plants are releasing. Good deal. Anything else you want us to know about this before I cut you loose this morning? 
Sure. If uh, you want to learn more about the spotted lanternfly, we have a website dedicated to it with pictures and information. It's the West Virginia Department of Ag Plant Industries page of Forest Health. And if they think they see one, even if it's, you know, a random guess, if you think you see one at all, please send me a picture and an email at bugbusters at wvda.us. I love it. Bugbusters at wvda.us. That's perfect. Very easy to remember, even for me. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Kristen Wicker of the West Virginia Department of Agriculture talking about the spotted lanternfly. So I'll I'll post a picture of it uh, if you follow me on social media here in a minute. And you'll see it. It is a pretty thing once it gets, uh, once it uh, once it emerges into its adulthood. It's for sure. Kristen, thanks for your time this morning, and have yourself a great weekend. You too. Thank you. Bye. Uh, see you later. That's Kristen Wecker with the West Virginia Department of Agriculture talking about the spotted lanternfly. It was found, as she said, in Mineral and Berkeley County, which would almost certainly mean that it's in the counties in between there somewhere. I mean, you know, I, I would think. I don't know that they haven't confirmed it, but. It would just make sense. All right, so uh, uh, something else to worry about in case you'd run out of things. There's that. Now, coming up, there's been a longstanding problem with Decker's Creek in Montegaya County. Well, the folks at Northeast Natural Energy have decided they're going to do something about that, and we'll talk to their CEO about what they've come to decide right after this. Since 1960, Greer Lime Company has been producing the highest quality lime and chemical grade limestone products available. Greer Lime Company is based in West Virginia and serves surrounding states in the mid and lower Atlantic regions in a variety of industries, including environmental applications in water and wastewater treatment, power generation, agriculture, coal mining, and oil and natural gas. Industrial applications include steel manufacturing and pulp and paper production. Learn more about Greer Lime Company online at greerlime.com or call 304-567-3001. Jim Christie, Senior Project Manager with Civil and Environmental Consultants, talks about working for CEC. Each and every employee is employee owner. We all work together every day. We all watch each other, help each other, and make sure that we're all successful on each and every project. It's a lot to do with the culture that we have, bringing a lot of local people together to work in West Virginia and create projects that we're all proud of. Find out what CEC can do for you. Visit them online at wearecec.com. You're listening to West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Meet Bob Minetti. My wife and I just celebrated 45 memorable years together. She and my daughter Katie are my anchors. Bob and Wendy spent time fundraising for health care causes. I guess I liked it so much, I decided to become a patient. In 2016, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. I assumed that there was no hope for people with my diagnosis. Bob participated in a clinical trial that included cutting-edge radiation therapy and surgery. He's been in remission since completion. I'm so glad that I learned about what was possible for me. I'm Keisha Sharp. Since losing my mother to pancreatic cancer, I've been working to ensure that everyone facing this diagnosis knows about the immense progress being made. Stand Up to Cancer and Lust Garden Foundation are working together to make every person diagnosed into a long-term survivor, like Bob. Visit pancreaticcancercollective.org. When it feels like the world has stopped, good finds a way. Good is happening 
even now. Good connects us, even when we can't get close. Good never stops, and neither does Children International. With support from caring friends, we help provide children and families with the critical essentials they need. Essentials like food assistance, hygiene education, medical help, and financial support. To learn more, go to children.org slash help today. Together, we can help end poverty for good. to West Virginia Outdoors. Rolling along on a Saturday morning here. Glad to have you listening in wherever you might be this morning all across the great state of West Virginia or if you're listening in on the internet from parts unknown. Welcome in. Hope you're having a good weekend. Mike John is the CEO of Northeast Natural Energy, a West Virginia company headquartered in Charleston that is doing good for West Virginia. And I uh, had him on this morning upon learning that uh, they have decided to take on a project that involves the acid mine drainage on the lower five miles of Decker's Creek. He's on the line with us. Mike, good morning. Hey, good morning, Chris. It's great to be here with you. Great to have you on, my friend. You guys announced this week that you're entering a project to work on the acid mine drainage that has plagued the lower section of Decker's Creek for years there from uh, Richard all the way down to the uh, Monongahela River in Morgantown. Uh, first of all, tell me a little bit about what prompted you to get involved. A lot of times when, you know, energy companies get involved in something, they're doing it to abate something either they did or as a credit for something somebody else did. What prompted y'all to get involved in this? Well, it, yeah, for our, from our perspective, it really had nothing to do with abatement or credits or anything like that. It had much more to do with us just being from here. Uh, we've got a, a number of employees that live in that watershed. We've uh, you know, we're West Virginia folks. It's it's a project that uh, we've been kind of watching from a distance from a, for a while, and, and we had a, a unique opportunity come to us to where we were given the chance to partner with the West Virginia DEP and, uh, and, and be alongside some of the good work that they've done already, that the U.S. Department of Agriculture has done already. So we're, we're kind of coming into this late. So, you know, I'm a little bit, uh, I want to be careful that we're given the credit to the folks that have uh, done so much of the work already up to this point, but we're we're just excited as we can be to try to help get it across the finish line. It's a it's a great partnership, and we're we're just talking about the partnership now. I try to caution everybody: the real celebration will come whenever the water's clean after the project's up and running. Amen to that. I know what I moved to Morgantown in 1990. I got hired right out of college. And the radio station is right there on the banks of Decker's Creek. In fact, my buddy Jim Stallings used to say we would we were serving America from the banks of Decker's Creek. That was his <laughs> that was his line. But Decker's Creek had a lot of problems. It it has those orange rocks that are telltale of acid mine problems. It's not as bad once you get on up into the upper reaches. It's just the lower area below what's called the Richard Mine, which I guess is the source of this acid have you all envisioned how you're going to tackle this and what you're going to do there to to treat this water and uh, and to improve it yes and again that's that's where i want to give the credit that's due to the west virginia dep and the u.s department of agriculture they have uh, designed 
a, a, a device, and I'm not a water treatment expert by any means, so I'm not going to try to uh, do that part of it for you. But they've, they've devised the equipment that will be installed there. They've got the money appropriated to install it. it it's a technology that will allow all of the water that drains through the mine to go across this filtration system, and, and the system will, will remove the, the heavy iron, the heavy metals, and will, and will neutralize the acid. The part that our company will play, we will be responsible for the annual operating and maintenance cost of, of the project. So there will be uh, some things that need to be done to cause the thing to continue to run through the year. But uh, the, the real heavy lifting uh, came about from the work that the West Virginia DEP and the U.S. Department of Agriculture did. And, and West Virginia University had a role in that as well. We'll make sure we give credit to everybody that was a part of it. You know, actually, the West Virginia and, and all those people you just mentioned, all those organizations and agencies, uh, along with the DNR, have pioneered technology about how to neutralize acid mine drainage in streams. And uh, it, it started way back in the 60s with uh, work on some of the uh, trout streams up in the high mountains. I mean, it started off with limestone drums, and then it evolved into uh, uh, treatment systems. And, and to, to, to now, they just pour limestone sand into the headwaters and let it filter down through it. Uh, is that the kind of technology that's going to be installed there? Or I, I know you said you're not really technically into this, but uh, what kind of a system is it going to be? Is it going to be a limestone treatment or something else? I, I certainly assume limestone is part of it. And what I understand it to be is something that would be constructed, not something that would be uh, dropped into the stream as some type of a, right. uh, of a crushed limestone. And, and then the um, uh, the filtration is the best word that I can come up with. That mm-hmm. it, it will have an effective period of time, and then there will need to be some change out of that material. And, and that's that's where we come in, not to do that change out, but to pay the cost of that. I was going to say, it sounds like your company is basically going to be writing a check for this rather than putting personnel on the ground. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we're a, we're an upstream natural gas company. We're, we're not a big company, and all of our folks are, are – busy doing what we do. Uh, we feel like we have success by focusing on what we know how to do, but we're, we are passionate about the environment. And, uh, you know, you, you said it in lead in many of our, I grew up in Weston, so I, I didn't grow up too far from here. Uh, the people that are, that are from here know that this has been a problem for generations. And so our folks are so excited, uh, for us to just be a part of, of taking care of it. And we by no means want all the credit because there's been a lot of hard work that's been done before we got here, but we're, we're very excited to be a, a part of helping get it across the finish line. Well, I, I was excited too, when your people sent me word that you all were going to be involved in it. And I thought, I, because it's such a beautiful stream. I mean, yeah. it, it is a gorgeous, it runs, it parallels pretty much parallels route seven from Morgantown all the way up to at some point up there, it, it separates off, but all the way up through there, what a gorgeous place. And and to think that in parts of it, fish can't even you know, can't live at all. It'll be great if they if you'll be able to reverse that, and we'll finally see some fish in there again. Well, that that's certainly the hope. And and as I said before, if if and as that occurs, that's when we need to celebrate. This is great today and this week to talk about the partnership, but it's uh, the objective is to restore life to that watershed. Absolutely. Has there been any discussion or or or? in the long-range planning about a target as to when you might be able to reach that point when you can say, you know what, we've, we've got this licked and uh, 
And going forward, we've got a we've got a stream on our hands that's clean. Well, I, I, what I've seen is that there's a there's a lot of work that's been done that describes the quality of the water that will come out directly through the and I keep calling it a filtration system. I'm worried I might might not even be using the right term, but but I think that there will be a, a, almost an immediate effect uh, in the quality of the water that comes through the device. But now, to the extent of how long it takes that. To, to kind of permeate the whole stream and to you know to, to undo some of the uh, residue that's in place, I, I do not have a good sense of how long it might take to do that. That'll be that'll be a good question for our folks. I'll try to find out more about that. Sounds good, um, Mike John, CEO of Northeast Natural Energy. I appreciate you coming on. I know you got you got work to do over at the university here in a few minutes, so I want to cut you loose so you can make graduation. Okay. Uh, I appreciate it, and I appreciate what you do. You guys are a great service to the state, and I particularly enjoy your show. So thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, buddy. Thanks a lot. Take care. There he is, Mike John, CEO of Northeast Natural Energy. Man, that will be so cool. And like he said, it's not just them. I mean, basically, they're putting some money behind it, which is important. I mean, that's a critical part, too. But it will be so cool to finally see Decker's Creek cleaned up. That that is just such a beautiful stream, and glad uh, and glad that they are uh, taking on this uh, this project. All right, we got to take our final break. When we come back, we will wrap up today's broadcast right after this. Hurry in and find out exactly what it means to be a Ram with our award-winning lineup built for those who serve. Ram fifteen hundred, the only pickup to claim a spot on the Car and Driver ten best list. Ram 3500, with available best-in-class diesel torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. And Ram TRX, Motor Trend's 2021 Truck of the Year. Hurry in and experience the only brand to ever win Motor Trend's Truck of the Year three years in a row. In West Virginia, wildlife is for everyone, and the West Virginia DNR works to keep it that way. Every year, West Virginia's Division of Natural Resources manages thousands of acres of public land and water, ensuring the future of our great natural resources in the Mountain State. Our state is a haven for all species of wildlife, game and non-game, and draws thousands each year to enjoy our rich outdoor heritage. When you buy a hunting or fishing license or take a stroll in our forest to view wildlife, you're enjoying what the DNR has made possible. The West Virginia DNR, working to ensure wildlife is for everyone. You're listening to West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. COVID-19 can hit and hurt everywhere and everyone, but children living in the world's poorest places face the greatest risks of all. For more than 80 years, Child Fund has been working across Africa, Asia, and the Americas, helping millions of vulnerable children. And now we're working even harder to see that families have what they need to keep their kids from going hungry and to meet other needs. All so children can grow up healthy, educated, and safe. As we socially distance, COVID-19 pushes us apart. But as we help children around the world, we pull together. In the biggest emergency response in our 80-year history, Child Fund is working to make sure that children not only survive this pandemic, but thrive beyond it. Learn more at childfund.org. As America's leading CEOs, businesses, and brands, we're 100% in for democracy. That's why we've encouraged our employees and customers to make their voices heard in this year's historic election. 
We celebrate the record number of voters who cast their ballots. We thank poll workers and recognize elections officials as the trusted source for results. And we encourage patience as officials count every vote. America's democracy is strong. Our companies are united. We support our employees and our customers. And we support the communities where we live, where we work, and where we vote. Together, we're 100% in for democracy. Join us at civicalliance.com. Welcome back to West Virginia. Outdoors are live this morning from the Greer Lime Company Studio, West Virginia's source for high-quality quick lime, hydrated lime, and chemical-grade limestone. Oh, man, I just got some terrible news in the middle of the show. And uh, I only bring it up because a few days ago, I actually tweeted his picture. My dad, who passed away about three years ago, had this cat. And this cat, now my dad was not a cat guy, you wouldn't think anyway, but this cat, which was actually my niece's, his granddaughter, and uh, they moved away and she couldn't take it with her, so she left it there and she had actually named this cat Rainbow. And I tweeted some pictures of Rainbow because by all accounts, Rainbow was over 20 years old. I mean, this cat lived a long time. And my mom tells me that uh, they found him, she found him dead this morning. So that bums me out. So uh, Rainbow will uh, will be put to rest uh, today. It sounds like. So uh, uh, sorry to hear that to to break that news. And I probably wouldn't even have mentioned it to you except that I tweeted his picture when I was last weekend when I was home to visit mom for Mother's Day. I was sitting out on the uh, on the patio, and as he usually did came up and started rubbing his uh, self up against me and uh, whining and carrying on wanting food, which was kind of his way of uh, way of acting. And I tweeted the pictures of him because he gave me an opportunity to take him. But, uh, yeah, Rainbow, uh, I, I, <laughs> I told you about him, and a week later he died. So, But he did have a long and full life, and uh, he lived a pretty good existence for the time he was here. So uh, I'll end it on that sad note. But uh, thanks to... Uh, uh, Doodle Atkins for joining us. We'll keep a chart on his progress as he goes to the national championship of Bass Nation. Thanks to Kristen Wickard from the Department of Agriculture. And I did post some information about the spotted lanternfly on Facebook and Twitter if you follow me there. And uh, thanks to Mike John at Northeast Natural Energy and to that company for what they're doing to help clean up Decker's Creek. Also, thanks to Ryan for keeping us between the ditches this morning. Y'all have a great week, everybody. I'll talk to you next Saturday. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> 
smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.